This is a HeadGum Podcast. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake-me-up-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. And you can't even wrap this under the tree, but here comes same kind of different as me today on Good Christian Fun. I love Hey. I'm just killing. Bazinga. Hey. Okay, hey. bitch. Watch this. Killing. Bazinga. When my blood is full and I gotta go <laughs> Running to the men's room for a blow <laughs> In the stall from my balls I make no apologies Pisses pee Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. Caroline. Get together, Caroline. I'm sorry. <laughs> Weird of Good Christian Fun. Yeah. So <laughs> the origin of that is I think during a particular, I, we've admitted on the show the theme song serves no purpose than for me to try to get Caroline to laugh. And uh, the origin for that last bit was during a particularly frustrating game of Smash Brothers <laughs> that we were playing. Caroline, apropos of nothing, started singing Pisses Pee from the Greatest <laughs> Snowman soundtrack. It's just good. It goes, This is me. Yeah. Instead of This is me, it I was. I gotta remix it. Pisses Pee. <laughs> that was like a month ago, but we, <laughs> we've kept at it. We keep singing it. <laughs> Since um, then. Kevin, you accomplished it so well that there's a tear coming out. <laughs> Whoa. Thank of your you eye? so much. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. That, oh, that was so nice. Thank you. I'll, I'll send it to you isolated so you can use it as a ringtone. This old friend Glinda. <laughs> Glinda's a character uh, who loves to sing but isn't good at it, but she's got the right heart. Oh, is this a, a your your character? Oh, yeah. Trademark. Oh, it's okay. on my SNL audition oh, reel. Team, team. Caroline, what is good Christian fun? Um, this is a podcast, a show, a discussion. A dialogue. Where we talk a about moment, a movement. Yeah, a big movement. We talk about Christian media. <laughs> okay, get into it. Start thinking. Ping pong boo. Think about ideas. Um <laughs> I ran out of steam. We uh, we talk about Christian pop culture. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, musicians, movies, artists who create media purely for Christians or with Christ in mind. Hey. And uh, we, <laughs> it's really funny. So we talk about it. Uh, and Kevin and I grew up with it. Uh, we listened to some of the bands. We saw some of the movies. I went to a Christian school, in fact. Hey, I was homeschooled, which is even worse. Which is just Christian baseline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know there's non-Christian homeschools. Don't at me. But anyway, so we talk about all that and uh, share our thoughts. 
we are not going to try to make you be a Christian no. if you don't want to. No. Or even if you do you want to. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to no. stop you. <laughs> I'm not going to change your mind. Uh, this show is mostly for fun. So enjoy. Pop it. culture tells us who we are and what we are as a people. You okay? Your eyes are. <laughs> yeah, it's getting rid of that last of the tear. Uh, some little pisses pee residuals <laughs> in, in Caroline's face currently. Uh-huh. Oh boy. And uh, yeah, part of this is uh, FUBU culture, FUBU Christian culture for Christians by Christians. And then sometimes it's uh, all that stuff that's inflected with Christianity when we get bored and don't want to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or when something particularly good comes up, like the CBS show, God Friended Me. God Friended Me. I'm good. There's no way we're not going to watch that. Mm-hmm. And we did. Yes. And we also watched the movie, same kind of different as me. <laughs> the 2017 movie that was almost a 2016 movie. But then it wasn't. It got pushed back so much. It was a Paramount movie. Because they movie. needed to come up with the best title they could. <laughs> yeah, they, they they had Same Kind. And they were like, no, it needs something else. Same Kind of Different. It needs more it of a needs salad. more. It, truly, Paramount had it. They were going to put it out in 2016. And then they dropped it. And then Pure Flix bought it. And they were like, we'll distribute it. And then it took a year for it to come out. The pr- Pure Flix producer, producers are... Res- Wow, hold on. Uh, Caroline's doing her vocal warm-ups, which we usually do off mic. The (laughs) vocal warm-up is the Pure Flix producers are puffing their patties. The Uh, (laughs) Pure Flix producers are puffing their patties. uh, This joke is not going to work anymore, but they're basically already just around studio lots with a dustbin, just picking up whatever they can. (laughs) In this case, (laughs) usually it's in-house stuff. This is a a strange phenomenon. Mm -hmm. But we need to talk about this movie. We need to talk about it with a special guest. So we have to introduce... That special guest right now, ladies and gentlemen, she is a writer from Showtime series Kidding and Adult Swim's Rick and Morty. Ladies and gentlemen, give it the hell up for Katie Delaney! Oh my god! Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. That is exhilarating. Oh, I hope. I I wonder what it's like to be on the Praise to the Lord. It's an Amy Grant song. It's an Amy Grant song called Sing Your Praise to the Lord. Shazam it. Shazam it. Oh my god. Uh, I really like it. It's good. Katie, thanks so much. Did you say Bing it? I did. Okay, cool. Could I be any more of a (laughs) search engine? We're keeping that alive. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Bing. I love it. Uh, Katie, thanks so much for coming. Oh my God, I cannot thank you enough for coming. What a delight. Katie and I are old friends. Technically, Katie and I have known each other longer than Caroline and I have. No kidding. Okay, so I saved this question for on air because I want to know, how did you two become friends and when and why? I believe, I I don't remember the particulars, but I I believe the location was the UCB Franklin Theater. Line. Line. (laughs) The group was you, Robbie, Kyle? Yep. Okay, they're yeah, great. Me, I do Robbie remember. Robbie Kyle, it. basically. So you were chatting up in line, or did yeah. you know them before? Oh, the okay. show? No, we met in line. Yeah, so, so we were just line buds, and we yeah. became real buds. Oh, yeah, here we are. Were you alone when you were there? Did you have no, friends? No, you had oh. friends and oh, stuff. Okay. It was six or seven years ago. That's cool. That's Kevin used to haunt wild. that theater pretty often, too, yeah. which is cool. And that's how I got into knowing about UCB stuff. I was a ghost there. And, and you I, really turned your just visiting there to see shows into like a professional thing. He did. Right. He and like I did ruined the dream. it. <laughs> you ruined it? You don't oh, go anymore. I don't uh, yeah. No, nor do I, but Yeah, I used to haunt the theater and say, pay performers and they never did. <laughs> so I stopped going out of principle, just kidding. Mm. Now it's just well, you know, it's yeah. strange. It's strange when it's then it's what you do. So it feels like going to a meeting almost. Unless mm. it's something extraordinary. I just went so often 
that I burnt myself out on seeing improv. Yeah. And, and it, now I cannot really fathom going to like an improv show. Isn't that so funny? When, when I used to be like, it's the funniest thing in the world. Going yes. every night or yeah. every uh, every week, mm-hmm. 11 p.m. on a on Sunday. A Sunday. We on were a young. Sunday. That is insane. Yeah. But you Would know, you do that? I did that. Okay. Uh, yeah, we did like it on now, a Monday. Now, uh, for that Monday night show, I would. Okay. Because that show was great. Sunday but at 11? Like, you, no, I don't care who God, no. That was tough. You no, couldn't no. get me to the go there The thing also anymore. that I, uh, and I hate it is, I mean, it worked out for YouTube. I hate waiting in line. And so much of that experience is waiting outside in the cold. Like an hour. For That's a long time. That's why we met and became friends because we would be waiting out there for a long man's time. Game. Yeah, I, the freezing I don't wait in line anymore. Cold. Yeah, and, but aren't you grateful that you had that experience then? And you're not having a like 38 or whatever. <laughs> Discovering you know, improv at 30 years old. <laughs> Can you imagine? Very cool. <laughs> no, but it's like, oh, it's like a nice nostalgia. It's probably what people feel like when they like followed a band around the yeah. country or something. Yeah. Where it's like, I had I had almost like a parallel experience with the Bruce Springsteen stuff where it's like, mm. when I was in college, I flew out to Nebraska, to Philadelphia, to New Jersey, to Washington, D.C. Cool. To go oh. see him. And now it's like, if he's in California, if he's in LA, I'll go see him. But I'm not going to go to, even when he did you his did Broadway it. You've thing. You've done that. Yeah, I've done it. Go out of your way. So it's like, I did it. Like, I am sad yeah. you didn't go see that Broadway show. I am now too. After watching oh, on Netflix, so cool. it made me cry a lot. I was oh, blown yeah. away by it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was also the first time I realized, oh, he's going to die. <laughs> like, I realized that. You can kind of feel Ooh. it. Because he is uh, 69 years old. So, yeah, hey. you can feel it more. Oh, hey, oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was Hell delayed. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a nice age. It's a very nice age. Yeah, hey, but a little is, crusty. This is episode 68 of the Good Christian Fun podcast. I was very upset about that. It was, when not, I arrived a, tonight. It was not a slam. <laughs> it was not a dig at you that we had you so close to the sun but so far away <laughs> at the same time it's okay. that doesn't reflect how much i we just love can't wait to see you. who is your 69th guest oh because uh, it better be a big one yeah it's colin hanks oh my god okay well he just <laughs> we're not recording this colin right hanks. <laughs> from fargo season one. Uh, i think Famous i see Christian. colin hanks like once a week and it's always I've just a tall a white times. man <laughs> <laughs> oh you've never actually seen him no yeah no that's fair he's in every man him? i've seen him driving before oh cool i'm that kind of person that looks into cars that i'm driving oh, by yeah. and that's how i get most of my celebrities this is sightings. a great segment segue for a, a little catch up over the holidays that i didn't get to tell you about maybe my favorite celeb sighting i've ever Ooh. had in la oh, at yeah. least top 10 is uh dr- cutting through the neighborhoods in los Feliz, and who do i see walking her baby down the street in athleisure Rachel McAdams. Listener, was she glowing? Yes, she was. Wow. Oh, what a vision of just like a mom doing her best. And I wanted so That's many awesome. good things for her. Wow. Because she, yeah, Rachel she crossed McAdams. right in front of my car. Yeah. She walks? Yes. Her uh, baby? She walks, but she glides. Who is she? Is she, is she a married woman? <laughs> I believe she's a married woman. Yeah, I I'm not think sure. so. I don't know about this baby or the guy. To Jason Bateman, if no, I remember I correctly. To... <laughs> they, they're really competitive. They, they love to play right. games. Yes. That's at the, night? That's my memory of yeah. it. At night, only at night, not during the day. <laughs> it's not uh, game day. <laughs> Oh, well, that's cool. Katie, what is uh, what's your background in history with faith stuff? What's your guestimony? Oh wow, let's just get started. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, I was raised Catholic. Okay. And I grew up in Massachusetts, like an hour south of Boston, mm-hmm. in a city called Fall River. And I went to Catholic school from first grade all the way through college. Through nice. college, yeah. Oh, you went full Monty on the Catholic I d- school, which is like, I think by the time I was like sixteen, I was like, no, not for me. But just being used to Catholic schools, I, like Catholic college was a natural 
like I like small schools, so it, I think mm. it just happened to be a Catholic college that oh, I okay. ended up at. But would you say that it was like a big thing in your family at all, or was it more just like we want to send you to a good school? Yeah, it was definitely um, the sending me to the same school that my dad went to. So uh, oh, I was wow. actually born in Colorado, and then we moved to Massachusetts to be near my dad's family, okay. and so it was like yeah, just send them to the school that yeah, all it's the like Delaney's the family school went to. Yeah, okay. Where I grew up was a primarily Portuguese area and Portuguese people are very tight with family and mm -hmm. you know people tend to live at home and like through their adulthood and and everyone's there so yeah maybe I mean maybe but most of my friends were Portuguese and I'm not I'm Irish so Irish Catholic from Hell the yeah. Boston area cool. in the house at your school too were they mostly Portuguese was yeah probably like 75 percent no yeah. it was co-ed baby awesome. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah tight yeah. so it's just like a lot of kissing <laughs> yeah oh so much kissing awesome. i was like way more what was of that a, like <laughs> oh caroline <laughs> what so no cute. i kissed a lot <laughs> no let's go let's go around the circle <laughs> once i was 20 <laughs> do our ki our kiss history our kissteries <laughs> real quick no i don't like this game oh kiss you know i'm gonna lose and jesus <laughs> Know that for sure. History. I don't know. The running gag of this show is that I'm a virgin cuck, so maybe you won't lose. <laughs> My history is very short. Oh, okay. So you're good. You like, okay, it's fine. Thank you. Um, but That's I definitely right. had like the most action in like seventh grade. <laughs> That's cool. Of your life or in your like Catholic upbringing? You were still upbringing. believing in God at that point, right? What? You still believed in God yes, at that point, Yes, this was like right? the peak of me believing in God. Oh, uh, when yeah. you get in that much action, you can't not believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> this is heaven. He's looking out for me, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it like when you were like peak believing in God? Was it pretty fervent for you? It w I would never like, I'm so interested to hear from you guys about growing up christian like what denomination were you guys you, like you said general protestant okay evangelical okay at least for me like we didn't grow up in a particular denomination well that's what i feel that's what i was most interested in talking to you guys about is how different catholicism is from like that type of christian yeah because it was not fun it was not cool <laughs> it was so just like the same you're going to the same mass that your grandparents went to when they yeah yeah super traditional super just like um you know <laughs> guilt and fear based i would say like um never like were my teachers or priests or whoever involved in the church trying to like get us to have fun it was always just like a, <laughs> a knew, necessary part of life you yes. knew that they weren't <laughs> yeah no there was never even any attempt at that not that i can recall i just think there were, there was no variety there was no spice to it it was just like boring as hell so even when i believed in god the most it was a like i must do this <laughs> like, yeah it, it wasn't like i'm filled with the holy spirit <laughs> it's so great like yeah I, it was more like believing you know what uh chores are the best way for my house <laughs> and i need to do my chores every day and i was yeah. gonna say like catholic churn sounds like physics class and christian non-denominational is like trying to be robin williams teaching poetry <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah not yep it's it's rules and yeah at least it's your rules. experience of it yeah <laughs> yeah my, um, right of course i can only and speak to i was own. gonna ask you oh i feel like i've heard from some of the way that like former catholics or current catholics describe leaving the catholic church or whatever that it's not like a huge uproarious deal when that happens all the time or it sounds like it no. wasn't for you no um and i i think that might be a difference for us. Like it would be pretty pivotal if we were to lose our faith, quote unquote, because it's yeah. so much of like our um, 
I don't know, our friendships and like community are built yeah. within the church like so deeply that it, it's like really difficult if you become the outsider all of a sudden. Yep. And people yeah, are no, worried none of about that. you, obviously, and that kind of thing. So. Right. No, none of that. Maybe it's just to be expected with Catholic. That you like, that it you, that it's that just, that's the arc? Yeah. I mean, the only person that still asks me if I go to church is my Nana because she goes yeah. all the time. And, and me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Kevin's always texting me. Every yeah. week. That's gay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, call him Nana. <laughs> <laughs> my second Nana. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's like honor. you just fall out of it because it is such a just routine and now that I think about it it was more of like a symptom of going to a Catholic school was like I had to go to church and do all this stuff mm. but that being said when I was in sixth seventh eighth grade I was doing I was an altar server I was like in youth group I was uh in this club called Legion of Mary that Ooh. we just like met with this Irish priest at our at our church it after sounds school. like a good gang that goes around doing good <laughs> deeds that's what it was like supposed to be but <laughs> in my memory we didn't even get that far like we would just go like the whole reason i joined legion of mary and i can give you a reason for every single thing that i did like the reason i joined legion of mary was because we would walk to church after school and on the way to church we would stop at a convenience store and buy candy so i was like well i want to go with my friends and buy candy so i guess i'll join legion of mary <laughs> and like learn about out. mary I, that's what i would do yeah <laughs> and like i became an altar server because i wanted to like sometimes you could miss school to go like altar serve a funeral so i was like yeah i'm, I'm in on that i want that so are there and all these practical considerations <laughs> definitely practical considerations and it was never like i still believed but more concerning thing to me was Treats getting the snacks getting loose getting loose <laughs> getting yeah, loose kidnapping. from school uh -huh. yeah oh, oh get like getting loose yeah being free getting turned yeah, loose Kevin. From i wasn't school. i wasn't looking at caroline's face when she said getting <laughs> loose so i assumed she was, <laughs> was winking and licking her lips <laughs> when she said it yeah That's i just usually assumed how it is. when we talk about the cat you know obviously we're outsiders with it but Watching that uh, documentary about the Pope that came out last year. Mm, haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen it. Don't care to see it. Tell me about it. But it, the whole like <laughs> thesis of it is that like this Pope actually rocks and, mm, and he does do that. a lot of like interesting different stuff. Uh, and, you know, and he's courted controversy on both sides of like what would be progressive or not. But I was just struck by how little it takes to be an innovator totally. in that space where it's like him just suggesting like very minor. I'm trying to think of like tangible examples, but it was like, like a gay marriage thing, right? Yeah. Where he's like, mm -hmm. love is love. Who cares? And everyone's like, Whoa! you know, <laughs> just, just because like, because one guy said it, whereas like yeah. Protestant culture is so splintered and fragmented into all these things. Like change happens so frequently in mm, in yeah. a lot of sectors, and rebranding yeah. happens all the time. And, and there, there is churches are, are like modeled after startups a lot of the time mm -hmm. too. So having some sort of branding or like that innovation or like appeal <laughs> so to people, <laughs> and honestly, just like consumer appeal makes it so a lot of churches, even if they aren't actually progressive, would even pretend to be or whatever. We've talked about this before. Oh, yeah, like, like the Willow Creek Church would literally do surveys of like, what do you want us to preach yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's nice. And but so I, there's always like, you know, like kind of hip things happening. Yeah, but it, you know, that's very cool. Yeah. No, we it can be our strength that. and our downfall. Also. I went to a, a mass with my Nana probably three years ago now, and I sat down and I was amazed. It, it was the first time in 
10, 15 years that I had been to a mass and I mm-hmm. knew every word. I was standing up and wow. like reciting the Nicene Creed, like, wow, what are these <laughs> words coming out? Like, how do I know this? Because yeah. it's the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. I wish there was a little, I wish we had a guitar player so up there on the altar out. doing some thing, like <laughs> nothing like this. Do you have any insight to like the rationale of that theology where it's like, it needs to be the same forever? I really don't know why that is. I guess, I mean, I've never bothered to uh, <laughs> investigate that. I've just been like, I'm out. I don't, I figured that that's what all church was like. And then it, just in the recent years, I've realized like, oh no, people do different There's stuff at kinds. church. Oh, it's like, sure. it could be really fun. And then fun you met and... some cool Christians like Justin Sure Bieber. did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who saw Me things a little differently at church. <laughs> Can I ask what was it that kind of made you say like, I'm out? This is a story that I've been really excited to tell you guys because I have like a story. Well, okay, there's two events that happened when I was an altar surfer (laughs) that um, changed me forever. Okay. So the first one, okay, so this is so typical. It's crazy. Uh, You know, growing up, this is like the spotlight era um, in south of Boston, Catholic church. It's just crazy that this all happened at the time. Because it's like mid-2000s. Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah, so I guess in seventh grade, it was uh, 99, 2000. Oh, okay, so it was right before then. Yeah, well, I graduated eighth grade in 2001. Yeah, so 99, 2000. Okay. When was Spotlight? Like Spotlight 02? was like right after 9 11, because I remember. Oh, that sure, in the sure. Movie. Oh, right. yeah. Okay, right. so pre Spotlight, so, so we're no like one was right doing anything about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so my priest, Father Mahoney, was an alcoholic, of course, uh. like. <laughs> as you guys like <laughs> i'm so worried no no no, it's nothing like okay. i wouldn't tell a, a horrible horrible story but it's more funny than anything okay uh, <laughs> so i'm an altar server and i'm like behind the altar i'm like backstage at church <laughs> i don't know what the, in the green word room. is for the yeah. yeah i'm in the green room of church like putting on my robe and like getting everything ready doing my tasks and father mahoney drunk stumbles in Grabs me by the shoulders. I'm in seventh grade. Grabs me by the shoulders, crying, and says, "The world is coming to an end. The world is ending." And oh I was my like, God. <gasps> "I hey. believed him. I believed in God at this point. I believed every word he said. He just kept repeating, the world is coming to an end. The world is ending.' Weeping. I, 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 I had no idea what was going on. Um, Did he look like a young Ethan Hawke? <laughs> okay, wait. We should talk about first reform because oh, I wow. loved it so How much, and I was like, at seventh grade." Yeah, yeah. Oh, so gosh. that was bizarre. And I'm then so I just in your had to like space as a seventh grader right now, and <laughs> yeah. I'm petrified. Like to see a crying priest shaking old you guy you shaking me by the shoulder. I mean, it was comical. It was like cartoonish. <laughs> was it um, scary to you though? Oh, I was horrified. Were you thinking like, "There's a comet"? Yeah, I was like, "He knows." Was, like, I was right like, now. "God told him. He oh. knows something's happening." So I didn't tell anybody. I just lived with that for a while. Oh, and thing. then and and when that started i was like maybe i don't like this so much i like the, i don't i don't think i like altar serving anymore and i remember trying to serve masses that father mahoney wasn't serving at but he was oh, the like main priest so that was hard yeah but that's then, a hard one to bounce back from when you see yeah. father mahoney in the sanctuary hey yeah. hey Losing oh what's mind. up no but it's the craziest thing is like he continued to serve that mass with like no problem like he just had this weird moment with me where he was crying and telling me the world was ending. And then like five minutes later, he was like, like it was just over. So I'm sure he didn't recall ever telling me that because he was yeah. just like wasted. Uh, Blacked out. But so then after that, because this was a lot, la- I know it was after because it was the last mess I ever served. Um, little backstory. I used to have seizures a lot as a kid because I had hypoglycemia and anytime I wouldn't eat, basically I would have a seizure, oh, uh, pass out and have a seizure. So I was serving Sunday mess, 
like big crowded church. It was like August or something. So it was really hot and I hadn't had breakfast and you can see where this is leading. Basically, I was kneeling on the altar um, while Father Mahoney was doing like the bread and wine shit. And I'm, you know, uh-huh. so you have to kneel with like your hands uh, in like the prayer, whatever, uh-huh. prayer emoji hands. And I like start to get woozy. And I, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And in my head, I said, God. If you're real, you won't let this happen. Because oh. I could tell that I was about to have a seizure. So I said, God, if you're real, you won't let this happen. Because I was like, I don't want to have a seizure right now. And then boom, that was the last thing I remember. I was out, oh, fell sister. backwards, had a seizure on the altar. <laughs> Father My- Mahoney's like, I knew it. <laughs> See the, the world. world. Oh, little that's girl. what he meant. <laughs> it was you. You're the world. <laughs> no, Father Mahoney kept going because what? he was like, oh, this is, you know, like, I'm sure he was just like, well, I don't want to call attention. So he just kept saying the the mass. Neither of my parents were there because my dad, my parents were divorced and my mom had like stuff to do that day. And my dad was like not going to church anymore because he was like, this is bullshit. So So no one there was like, my daughter is having a seizure. So thank God my teacher from school was there. One of my teachers who knew that I had this thing was there and she was in like the back row of the church this is all hearsay because i'm shaking passed out on the ground but that she like ran up the altar or up the aisle from the back of the church and like helped me out and everyone thought everyone was like you know i when i woke up i just sat up and everyone was staring at me and i guess the people thought it was like having like a you know, speaking like tongues. Yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, wow. A Pentecostal preacher would have made lemonade out of those <laughs> Absolutely. women. Absolutely. Yeah, like she's filled with the, yeah, no, Father <laughs> Mahoney was just like, this is my body, you know, like, cash <laughs> on going. Because we didn't have any of that stuff. But, oh, um, man. So yeah, after that, I was like, I'm, I'm never altar serving again. And turns out God isn't real because I said. Wow. <laughs> yeah, listen, he had a shot. <laughs> you had one shot, G-O-D. So. <laughs> you had one shot. <laughs> And it wasn't like opportunity. it wasn't like a, a switch flipped. I don't think that day, but I was definitely like a doubt was set into my mind that day, and and then that's I relatable. I stopped doing though. the activities and just oh. yeah. <laughs> but I know what you're saying because I feel like you're. That's definitely not a unique experience to create like a mm-hmm. ultimatum in your head for right. If God is real, then this will happen or this won't happen. Right. And isn't it so disappointing? Whenever that, whatever the goal is, is like, well, okay, either you're real and you don't give a shit about right. that. Because it is like, that's kind of the, the, the. It's like, I don't ask the, you for much. Yeah, it's like yeah. the logical endpoint of like. This is your shot. <laughs> yeah, like this would really help. This is what God should do. Yeah. And that's such a tangible, like, <laughs> only you would know about it. And if you recounted yep. the story to your friends and like, if God didn't allow the seizure, then people would be like, oh, that's interesting. And they could say like, Oh, you know, maybe she just kind of, you know, like like <laughs> right, it, right. like it sounds like it could be a story that's implausible or like that you're being yeah. uh, a little more like elastic like or knew. casual with the truth, right? Yeah. Like it sounds like that kind of story, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. usually what we hear about in like miraculous things is like, and then something just started healing or God didn't allow it. make whole movies about that. Right. It's very interesting. I've never thought about that one. Well, yeah, it's, it's hard. I think it's heartbreaking when uh, when God doesn't meet us in the middle 
of that stuff where it's like, this isn't hard. I'm not asking for a million cash in a bag on my front door. It's like, <laughs> keep me from like embarrassing myself yeah. in your place of worship yeah. that you've told when me I'm about. When I'm, what, 12? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I really connect with that. I think I've yeah. done that a bunch, like, especially growing up. Like, God, if you're real, then blah, 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 blah. Like in my head, I've, I've, I've done that so many <laughs> times. Kermit would be real too and we'd be best friends. We'd go to Taco Bell. <laughs> I don't like Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm more of a Paquito Moss man myself. Pretty good. It's okay. Good. It's okay. Sorry. Aww. It takes me a second to come yeah, out she, of it. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, that's, that I like night. hearing that you have done that same sort of thing in your head too. So I, I bet a lot of our listeners have. That totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, have you? I don't have like a clear memory. I'm sure I've tried that. But I feel like I also heard enough sermons that like warned me not to do that too. That I was like, oh. okay, I won't do that then. Why fine. though? Um, I mean, you can you can probably guess the reasoning of just like don't put God in a box. Don't put don't make well. One was like don't make deals with God because God will hold you to them or something. Salvation is a deal. Okay. <laughs> well, that's like a, that's it? a clear deal. The deals of like uh, if you you know keep me alive until I'm sixty nine cool and then i will also i'm out baby. be a missionary you know in africa or whatever yeah. like don't make those deals because unless you're willing to follow through and then i remember just also hearing like not as a reprimand to you but like god doesn't work that way like god isn't here to sure. push a lever one way or another like uh you can pray for these things but ultimately whatever he wants to happen is going to happen anyway it's convenient for god isn't it's it it's convenient for a lot of things yeah <laughs> i know just any it's reason like, that okay. something didn't turn out as you want yeah and i think the primary idea being like to change the idea of what prayer is supposed to be in your mind yeah. like it's not a delivery system it's supposed to be this yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. so i think i actually made more deals uh, on along the lines of like if you want me to go save that person, like uh, make me feel it right now. Or if you want me to go to this mm. college, like show me how. Okay. It was a lot more like show me your will kind of things yeah. than like a deal. Do you feel like you got stuff from that? Um, yeah, I think sometimes. And I think sometimes those were just really hard decisions and I wanted backup, you yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah. a reason why I should do it. And so it was nice to have something to be like, well, God's rooting for me on this one. But the, right. it was actually also tough a lot of the times too because it would be things that I actually didn't want to do but I thought I had to do them because that would be like sacrificial of me. Like for example, yeah. if I had a boyfriend one time, like there were so many times. <laughs> history time. Get your history so books many, out. Like, I don't know, like church things or even just a crush or whatever a guy was dating where yeah. I would be at a church and they would be saying something like, think the one thing you don't want to give up for God. Like, could you give that up for mm. him or something? And so I think I also felt a scary prompt too of being like, if I make this deal, like God, show me if you want me to feel this way and I would feel overwhelming guilt. And so yeah. that told me like, I should break up with him i guess or do this or that oh interesting things that i wouldn't have done i think otherwise right the sacrificial thing is definitely a big part of catholicism did you guys no lent is just catholic yeah but you know a lot of protestants have gotten in the lent game over the years lent is so dumb (laughs) because (laughs) they make you do it when you're like five years old and it's like 40 days you have to choose something to sacrifice for 40 days cherry go i feel like a five-year-old can't even conceive of what 40 days is like (laughs) i remember it being in like fourth or fifth grade and one of my classmates being like i gave up my pillow for lent oh my gosh and it's like no like the point You can't, like, you think God is happy that you're sleeping with a pillow under your head? It's so ridiculous. Just this culture of 
giving things up and feeling guilty about having a pillow at night. It's crazy. Like um, confession is another thing about being a Catholic that totally, when I think back about the things that I hate about it, it's like confessions, number mm, one. Yeah. Which it seems like for Christians is more of just like a personal prayer thing. But yeah, in Catholicism, they make it like an acti- like it's a scheduled There's thing a that you go in man, and do, yeah. which is so, yeah. I have like a visceral memory of going to confession in first grade, not knowing what I was going to say and not understanding what a sin is because you're six years old. So who does? Uh, and being like, you know, I like the one that I remember in particular is that I had like a Snapple bottle full of change in my room and I was like obsessed with mall wishing fountains and I mm-hmm. want to make a, a wishing fountain out of like our bathroom sink. So I like filled the sink with water, just like dumped all of my Snapple bottle full <laughs> of change so cool. into the thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I made a, a wishing f- well. And then like as soon as I did it, I realized that that was wrong because there's like change just plunking into the the pipe and i was like "Mm, no this is like oh you didn't cover the train the drain no no i was like (laughs) i was making wishes (laughs) there i was making tons of wishes they were all just disappearing uh (laughs) so that was like oh i was like oh that was a sin because my like dad found out was like you you shouldn't have done that that was really Mm -hmm. bad so i was like well that was a sin Mm -hmm. and then saying that and like on the verge of tears as a little kid and like admitting this to a priest and then the priest telling you to say 10 Hail Marys and 10 Our Fathers and 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 then you're that's just in you is like I felt guilt about putting change in the sink for like years and years and years because I thought that was a sin that I did. Yeah. And the like absolving you of them thing never really stuck around for me. It was still like <laughs> I just had to tell someone about a bad thing I did and that felt really bad. Right. And now they're a part of my family business and like right. my stuff and I don't necessarily feel yep. the relief of like this drunkard this- knowing all my shit. <laughs> and <laughs> the craziest thing that they told us when we were learning about confession was that when you tell your sins to the priest after you're done and he tells you what to do and then you go off, it leaves the priest's brain and goes to God. So the priest doesn't remember. And it was those sort of things that sounded like magic to me that always stuck with me. So I was like, that's a mi-. like, I think maybe that's why I decided God was real in my early life is because I learned about all these apparently magic things that happen. Like yeah. you tell your sins to a priest and when you're done, he forgets them and they go to God. That's magical uh-huh. and yeah. I believed all of it and yeah. and all the parables in the Bible that are the only things I remember like Jesus turned a bunch of loaves of bread and fish into a million or whatever one loaf of bread and one fish into many right yeah and I was like that really happened that did, wow that's really cool yeah. God must be real because I don't know how we would the do magic that got like you. Yeah. It's, it was all about the magic and it turns out that yeah none of that is what you should be taking away from it and like <laughs> was just a story to uh you know tell yeah but the magic i would imagine uh reinforces your belief in the other things right so it's like the idea of like uh god is omnipresent who loves you on a personal level and loves everybody on personal level is like such an incomprehensible illogical thing right but if magic is real then that can be real (laughs) yeah it's like if this is true then you know what okay i can buy into that thing that that means a lot more here with me now yeah yeah i could totally see that yeah and the longer I live my life, I feel like that's just a personality thing. Like whether that means something to you or not. Cause Magic? For, yeah, because for some people, the supernatural aspect of Christianity is like the playground of it and like the mm. beauty of it for them. And for a lot of people, are it's like the downfall. It's like, well, this isn't provable or this 
is hearsay or this is so easily like not true that it's just shattering all of the magic for me or whatever yeah. belief I may have had. Like mm-hmm. miracles and stuff are you talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I feel like there's that's just a personality thing. Like sometimes yeah. it's not even like, oh, the church failed them and how they communicated it. It was just like, that's just not going to stick for some people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So where, are you, where do you feel like you're at with God stuff now? What's your feeling it's about just like um pretty much nothing i guess um <laughs> a black although i hole. have to say that i watched first reformed recently oh, maybe yeah. like three four weeks ago yeah, how'd you feel about that and i was like do i believe in god <laughs> still i it really like just seeing ethan this character that ethan hawk played so devoutly believing in god and making a whole lot of sense just you know these monologues that he had that must be really comforting to just have this book that you can go to and 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 all these rules set out and all you know that you just have to be a good person and there are so many ways you can be a good person and he's doing this and that like i found myself wanting a structure like that not that mm-hmm. i'm i think i'm a pretty good person i don't worry about it that much but i was like oh i could be doing more if i was in a church maybe i would go to a soup kitchen now and then and help out or you know whatever mm-hmm. and I, yeah I, I weirdly found myself envious of ethan hawk <laughs> just believing in something so you much be, because not in that movie yeah no i know don't well go well for him they sure don't but I, the <laughs> weird thing is that you're rooting for him at least i was i mean we were right like yeah yeah we believed because of the global warming stuff it's like we're all on board with that obviously and um i I I think scientists we've been doing this podcast too long that's very ironic climate change skepticism (laughs) is such a reflex at this point funny you guys you're ridiculous um that's that's funny that that was your takeaway because his faith in that movie, like to me, felt well, like a curse. Well, it's that it's cracking. Okay, yeah. but it felt like uh, it, it felt like if he could, if he could get rid of it, he mm. would almost. It felt like such a, a burden to him. That's what. Well, makes yeah, that he movie was going so through some shit, but yeah, I don't know. That's weirdly not what I took from it. Maybe just because I've been removed from the church for so long that I just was so like charmed by these like verses that he was just like spouting out. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, not, oh, it's just like very well written, I think. And maybe that's why I was like taking to it so much. But I think I know what you're saying, though, about <laughs> that movie or about like his faith being so like well thought out that it's yes. kind of convincing yes. at some point, too. Yeah. And I say this as of like person of faith. But yeah. I think I think like one of the main things that's kept me in Christianity, despite some of the problems I've had with it, is the idea that there's like context and foundation to everything I'm doing here. Mm. And I'm not just like floating out whatever, trying to be my best. That's really nice. Yeah. It's kind of nice to be yeah. like, someone's watching. This counts. Yep. There's a point and I know that for sure. That's and now great. I can like conduct my life accordingly. Right. That sounds really nice to me. <laughs> I do kind of like I've considered maybe, well, I don't know considering that more in my day-to-day life mm-hmm. that it, I'm not just floating around because sure. I'm getting that older. That you don't have that's any kind of purpose or like moral obligation right. here or whatever without God. But it Everyone should nice. be moral just because that's like a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. So why Agreed. not add, you know, as you get older, you just, the like floating around thing is a totally like person in their 20s sensibility. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you want to believe that you have a purpose. So yeah. I, I mean, I get it. This yeah. is so fascinating that this is, both of your takeaway from the movie because mine was so different. <laughs> I don't think it would be if I hadn't talked to her. Well, because yeah. <laughs> well, because my insecurity is like, oh, you know, like 
God's not a vending machine so much of like if we believe in design, then the design is chaotic. It is not good, good, evil, evil. Like it's it's like well this and some of this and you get cancer and you live and like and it's like terrifying to me and I feel like that movie is Hawk confronting the chaos of everyday reality especially with all these things like the movie's so good at the specifics it doesn't paint with a broad brush when he talks about his faith it's not like some guy read a Wikipedia article it's like oh he Mm. believes this with all of his life but still he's confronted with these things where it's like it's unbearable and I feel like that's the kind of energy I connect with in the movie is like this person sure. that felt grounded is just like completely unmoored and unraveled by the chaos around him. Yeah, anyway, that movie's great. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank all, you. All Guys, your thanks for giving me a platform. Wagers with the Lord. I hope Father and, um, Maloney is dried up a little bit. <laughs> shaking oh, he's kids. dead. He's very much dead. Oh, okay. Well, he's super dry. <laughs> <laughs> well, super dry. All right. Well, on that, we'll take a break. Yeah, well, no, let's cut to a break right now. We'll be right back with more good Christian fun. You sicko. (laughs) I'm going to get canceled now. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Come on, let's go. Oh, it's so loud. Oh, Mike. Sometimes it's too. It's too. Sometimes it's too. It's too filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord Almighty. Come on. That was good. That's the loudest Stephen Curse Chapman has ever been (laughs) in his life. The movie is same kind of different as me. Okay, a little peek behind the curtain. At first, we did say. Uh, let's do Miracle Season, that Helen Hunt movie. Yeah, because we had seen the trailer when we when we saw I Can Only Imagine, mm-hmm. and it hit all the notes for me because it was about a volleyball team. I played volleyball. It was around a girl named Caroline. I'm named Caroline. Hi. Oh, my God. I know. So I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, then- and ostensibly, I thought it was also about God, but... Uh, and it was so available much. on a streaming service that most people have access to. It was on Hulu. <laughs> and we got like 20 minutes into it and we were enjoying it. It was fun. But, yeah. but then it was like, is there enough God stuff in here? Mm. And then we're like, you know, it was far enough out. It wasn't like the night before. that. And Caroline and I were watching it together. We were like, uh, let's go to Netflix and see what's there. And that's where we found 
same kind of different <laughs> as me, which was a movie I'd like look into a little bit before because I just kind of go down the Pure Flix roster to see what's going on yeah. with them these days. You get their press releases, right? Oh, direct to my door. <laughs> with Courier, with A.R. White or whatever that uh-huh. guy's name is. Uh, yeah, so we, we did a little Audible. Uh, thankfully, you hadn't already seen the movie. Although in retrospect, yeah. there was probably <laughs> as much God content in Miracle Season as there was in same yeah, this kind was, of yeah. It was God light in me. this movie. It was like a God LaCroix, you uh-huh. know? It's not a coconut drink. It's a coconut <laughs> flavored drink. Uh, so for the listener at home, if you haven't seen it, it is on Netflix as of recording this. You can probably go there and watch it if you want to. It is two hours long. It stars Greg Kinnear, Jaiman Hansu. Jaiman Hansu, I believe is how you pronounce his name. John Voight and Kristen Wiig as Renee Zellweger <laughs> <laughs> or whatever was going on in 2016. Here's a trailer for same kind of different definitely a as wig. me. Yep. I had another dream last night. Was it a good one or was it about me? It was about a about poor wise man who changes the city. And I saw his face. Barack Obama. <laughs> Man, am I glad you guys showed up. Debbie, I got a sales call at 6.30. I got to drop off contracts north of town. Contracts. <laughs> Any infectious diseases floating around this place go. I should know about. <laughs> Martin told me about your friend. If you don't tell Debbie, I will. We've been married 19 years. We don't share the same life. We don't share anything. Not even food. You can leave. You choose. Love that scene. Talk to him. That's a man from that dream. What's your name? You don't need to know my name. Well, I'd like to know your name. Tell your woman to stop bothering me. You'd be doing me a big favor to just be nicer. You wanna be my friend? Uh huh. Well, I'm gonna have to think about that. Where you from? After my dad, the man put me up in a little shed. And then there's he some clan stuff. Some <laughs> and some respect. Yo, this, this is about where the clan stuff is. If you lost your mind, they're looking for handouts instead of using their hands for work. Now, that, uh, that's the character I related to. <laughs> John Voight as himself. <laughs> Talk about handouts. Very sexy what you did today. Hanging out with the homestead. How was it? Showing up with your Range Rover, though. Something that you need to know about Miss Debbie. She's the only person to love you enough not to give up. I love you, Ronnie Ray. I love you, Ronnie Ray. Stubborn angel. Look at this song. Heartland. Just working our way back home. Then you changed everything. Our lives together would never be this beautiful. I, along with most of the other members, have a problem with you bringing your friend around. You can tell him that yourself. He's standing right there. Hey. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Ooh, this movie. Oh, thank you for playing that. Brought it all back. Oh, you're welcome. So just a quick recap. And spoiler alert for anyone listening at home. Quick recap. Zellweger and Greg Kinnear are a married couple. Uh, she finds out he's having an affair. He confesses it to her, and uh, they drift apart. Obviously, they've been drifting apart for a while. About in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, she's having dreams about some guy. They go to a homeless <laughs> shelter. They start doing community service and stuff. And then she sees the guy. It's the guy from their her dream. Mm-hmm. And then they become friends. And then she gets cancer and she dies. 
and uh, Greg Kinnear and the the homeless man Denver, Denver, are buddies and kind of ride off into the sunset together on their friendship. And some other stuff happens. <laughs> there's a some other. There's stuff. some subplots about an alcoholic father. There's a. Mm. There's a very subtle <laughs> sun, a subplot about a mute son, a son who <laughs> cannot talk in he the movie. He did not have a single line. <laughs> not a word was spoken. No. 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 We you watch so it. Waiting for it. We would let. It was like a game to us. Like maybe this I one. I didn't even notice. And they would pan to him, and he would blink as if he was going to say something, and then shake his head. And the, the thing, ground. he wanted to speak. You could he tell. Wants to talk. But he he, he had been jinxed prior yes. to the filming. Or what is that, like a SAG requirement? They didn't want to pay they him. They didn't want to pay him if you, have, yeah, if you probably, speak. They probably didn't have, it yeah. goes up. No, it's probably a huge part of it. But he got to be in that movie. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, the, uh, this reminded me that this is kind of the second movie we've watched where they took like a prestige actress and tried to make her like a Southern wife. You think, you think of Renee Zellweger as a prestige actress? Yeah, I think she's so. been nominated for Oscars. She's been on the A list a few times. Yeah, yeah. no, I but would Jennifer say Garner, she's an I say, was kind of the same thing. Like the taking, most prestige, uh, taking like <laughs> actresses who are have done a lot, like a lot yeah. of different kinds of stuff, and then the southern wife trope thing in these Christian movies feels so neutered to me and like irritating. I did not even recognize her at first. Like, yeah, I thought she was um when she first came on screen. I thought she was Elizabeth Perkins from yes. Weeds. Yes, 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 and Big and all the movies from the eighties. Yeah, it was and like. Stuff, yeah. uh, yeah, and then I was like, "Oh, it's Renee." It took me like a full scene of <laughs> looking into Renee Zellweger's yeah, face. Yeah, I didn't recognize her at first either. Was Kevin so was like, "Oh, there's weird. Renee," and I was like, mm, "I don't think so." Yeah, uh, we kept I, thinking it was Kristen Wiig. Yeah, it, my theory is it's eyebrows, and you eyebrows know, I, and that we don't need to tell women how hair. to dress. But uh, yeah, she just looked so different. Her outfits were pretty amazing too, though. They were amazing. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It. Like kimono Poncho inspired oh, yeah. pajamas when a lot the whole cheating Dallas thing happens yeah. yeah it was and was like a crisp button down and then like mm-hmm. a, a woolen alpaca poncho a lot of like yeah, a lot of like Lebowski sweaters <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and it, I think it's funny too appearance wise because this movie was shot so long before it came out that how she looked while shooting the movie versus and I sent you that still when she was doing press from it she looks like Renee Zellweger again mm, yeah. during the press tour but do you think that the, was her real hair in the uh, yeah I think it's just I think you're just being tricked by wigs Kevin. that's looking like a wig no to there me. was some eye stuff guys there was for you sure Clark Kent You'd what do you mean like, there was uh, her eyes were bigger oh. they were bigger maybe they yeah, were but I to your point yeah so what are you what are you saying they did I'm to make saying her eyes bigger. She just they just said, Open them more. And she oh, did. Yeah. was like squeezing her body really tight. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see there was a PA squeezing her calves <laughs> to make her eyes bulge out in every shot. No, she um, looked pretty, pretty But strange. speaking of looks in this movie, it makes sense because uh, the guy who is the husband Ron is still Hall. alive. Yes. And kind of a little backstory, you'll probably fill this in better, is that he and Denver uh, went on to kind of do like speaking engagements together and their story became sort of famous. Bible studies. Yeah, Bible studies. And Denver was like kind of the more uh, Christian one at first and kind of like got what Martin to catch up. They're uh, they're so conspicuously wealthy in this movie. Yeah, it's insane. And that's, that's how the movie starts. Yes, I got a big house. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's yeah. not what he sounds like at and all. Like, I don't know what that oh, unapologetically like, wealthy too. It's Just, quite a home, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, fifteen thousand square feet of overpriced art and big old bathrooms. Is this Battle of Buster Scruggs? <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but I, I love loved it. it. <laughs> but I love it. Oh, yeah. Texas. We tend to like things big down here. If Ugh, you know what I mean, talk about my hog. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably can't tell, it's broken. 
Um, but let me. That was clever. Yeah. yeah. So there's just this, and then they're driving. <laughs> they have no less than three cars that they drive up to the homeless shelter. Yeah. One's oh, a Range Rover. One's a huge cars. Escalade. Like yeah. one's a old like Malibu from the fifties. And they like feature that, that in and every they scene it. they can because yeah. they probably spend a lot of money on those cars. But it's always in the background yeah. of every scene. And, and then around a corner, any like other a, movie, yeah. like they would make a big point of like this is inappropriate like yeah. you're coming around here like at a homeless shelter where people are having a tough time to serve them which is great but right. then also just like hopping back in your Range Rover and like flipping the bird as you yeah, peel no. off or whatever and in the movie they don't make fun of it really like, I think Denver comments on his suit one time but otherwise mm. they're not like hey what if uh, instead of serving slop all the time you gave some of your millions to us or that whatever that was killing like, me they call that out a little bit a little bit. Yeah, but because was, when they get there, they say, uh, he's like, can I just write a check and get out of oh, here? Oh, yeah. Honey? And she's like, no, we need to actually also help. Yeah, which I think is an interesting which is idea. good. It's yeah. an interesting distinction. Well, okay. So if we're all about helping the homeless, though, here's my question through the entire movie. Yes, ma'am. Is like, we're helping Denver. Denver's teaching us so much. Oh, we love Denver. He's our best friend. Yeah. But he's still going home to nowhere every single like, night I and sleeping Denver in the woods. lived with them for a little bit, but he, then like, he stayed wasn't. over one night yeah and then they released him into yeah, homelessness again you have again? such a big house martin like can it's you find so a little crazy. room it's like Denver? Is or help martin? him get a job like <laughs> i know like anything this was the they disconnect that i felt it was like uh you know this trope of like a really mystical wise uh black person that the white person learns from I know. it was and they like me. yeah they use them to like help their journey along or whatever and i think he he also did help denver in some cases but there's just these glaring holes it's like you could have done this or i don't know expanded well, your yeah. thing here's here's and the movie doesn't apologize for it here's what's right. complicated about the movie and especially too because we're talking about like even like tropes of like they made her southern again and the, we're, we're talking about two movies based on true stories <laughs> yeah. so they were southern sure right right sure. i, I did not could, know it was a true story I, until the credits right well but. it's ba- it's based on a book with a hilariously long name it's uh <laughs> but anyway yeah so uh we were talking about the kind of it's called technically it's called the magical negro trope and you see it in movies like green mile obviously the most recent example would be Green, Green Book. Book. Green Book and Golden this Gold movie have so much winner. in common. Yeah, I haven't seen Green Book right? yet, but and that they're both based on true stories and there's mm. like a huge question of like how much authorship mm-hmm. one person had over it versus the other mm-hmm. and who controls the narrative and and what I haven't seen Green Book, so I don't have a lot of hot takes. Like it it seems like it shouldn't even be a conversation we're having right now. Like one of, one of the screenwriters of it, he just got doxxed for like saying Muslims were cheering for 9-11 in New Jersey. And, and then that thing yesterday about Peter Farrelly used to take his dick oh, out Oh, he would Louie. He would Louie in front of people for sure. Yeah. yeah so there's a uh, lot of like complicated. Go Green Book. <laughs> go Green Book. But yeah. The, that, yeah, the, the, sage wisdom from a old black person thing was mm-hmm. driving me nuts to help me with my journey the, yeah it's all about Greg Kinnear he has these amazing people around him his wife Renee Zellweger is f- 
a flawless person in this movie. He cheats on her and she's like, well, we're just going to have to fix it. And then they do. And then she's like, also, we're going to volunteer at this shelter. Like everything she does is perfect. She has not one flaw. The, no. the man who has been through so much has all of this like wonderful wisdom, but they they filter it through this like he, he doesn't know how to talk very well. So I, it seems to me that this like when he's talking about the Picasso. Yeah, that like kind of like, oh, Southern like salt of the earth. Like, yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. It's They're, even like. Like it's it almost transcends like oh this is like racially iffy it's like this is just bad right love just yeah. like yeah. well I may not know a lot as a poor guy who's homeless but <laughs> gee golly a twelve million dollar yeah. painting sure looks but pretty maybe it was clumsy <laughs> we could argue that but I still I think also they did a pretty good job of like talking about the racism that Denver was encountering constantly throughout his life mm. and talking about growing up in the South where it was segregated and what happened to him and then him. Ending up in a clan uniform with his buddy in the south. Yeah, that, that was, was sort of an surprising. We've all been there. One. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. And then um, and then the country club thing, like um, uh, one that was currently still happening in his life. And then going to the art gallery where they see photos of clan people. Anyway, mm-hmm. like I feel like they did a pretty good job of not shying away from the fact that like yes, Denver is black and he's had difficulties from this too. And we're not just going to pretend that he's lived a happy you know yeah. whatever life without any context in America. I got the the title of the book. The full title is same kind of different as me, a modern day slave, an international art dealer, and the unlikely woman who bound them together. Unlikely. She's his wife. She's <laughs> his wife. It's pretty What's likely. So unlikely about <laughs> you want it to be unlikely at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's uh, true. Gosh, the way they edited like the the fight scene stuff, we were we watched oh, it, it together. We were because cra- they were like, Are you going for a Bergman thing here? Cause they would cut it with like them just looking away from each other and then screaming and then looking away. Here, here's what uh, that sounds like. Nineteen yes. years. Yes, we've been married nineteen years. And and it doesn't mean what it should. Cut to them looking out the window. <laughs> What does that mean? Oh, <laughs> Cutting back. So strange. You know, Anything. that's how arguments and go. You know, yeah. oh, that's life, uh, isn't it? Just, the good you know, and the bad together. I was so aware of their acting during that whole yeah. scene. Well, I, his, honestly, the whole movie. His accent was optional uh, given the scene that oh, he was in. It was the most pronounced like... Dur- during his during his VO, he was like doing essentially like a diabetes commercial. With time, even an old cynic like me could see the seeds of what Debbie had quietly planted what beginning Debbie to take root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her heart in action, the amber sea of crushed beer bottles and syringes started to disappear. Oh yeah. And lives were changed. One interesting thing that I didn't know that came up in the press tour for this is Zellweger talked about, we used a good portion of the budget because they shot in Mississippi, standing Mm. in for Fort Worth, where it actually took place. And she said they used a good portion of the budget to actually redo one of these shelters. Like they did it for real, like they did in the movie, but then that was a real shelter. So I was like, okay, great. You know? That's cool. Well, you know, (laughs) this is is such a complicated movie to talk about because like for all these tropes that there are, the weird thing is like, and it's a little different from Green Book because Denver co-wrote the book with this guy and mm-hmm. he ostensibly had some inbo- involvement with all this, but the relationship happened. Like it's not an invented thing, but you have to imagine whatever the r- actual real relationship was is more interesting than what happens in the movie. Because the core of it, if if you just sketch it out on a piece of paper, like in a five-page article or a short story, it's like there's something really interesting about 
Oh, like a couple who befriend someone if if there's like genuine connection. Mm -hmm. And certainly for the Zellweger character, it seems like pure altruism that then also acts as an aphrodisiac for their relationship (laughs) and their marriage. She does get turned on uh, by the fact that... uh, I know, I've served served at the cafeteria. Delved further into that. Uh, Yeah. Very sexy what you did today. You missed in their argument that they hadn't boned for two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but then she says... Wait, what was it? It was like, we haven't, we haven't been, been intimate, intimate oh, in, in 10, 10 years. In two, yeah. yeah, We haven't slept together in two years. And we haven't been, been intimate in 10. Whoa, girl. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. So it's been a That's dry some loveless spell. sex. Speaking of Father Mahoney. <laughs> oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, truly, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say about, I don't know, I have so many things to say about this movie. Well, it's just, oh, their real relationship was probably more yeah. interesting. It's yeah. probably, like, it's fascinating. And, yeah. you know, and it's easy to say on, like, on whatever a high horse, like, here's what they didn't get exactly right, and here's what's right. And obviously, like, there's a lot, right? Because it's, it's a very compromised movie. It's not a quote-unquote great movie by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. But there are, like, there are genuine moments of greatness, of yeah. connection. And I think of, like, good faith in what they were trying to do I, I think ends up like collapsing into this like false equivocation. Like the title is, is same kind of different as me. Like we're all the same. Like that's a, that's a big kind of baby boomer way to look at yeah economic disparity and race relationship stuff. Even Peter Fairley was saying at the Golden Globes the other okay. night, I was like, you know, we're all the same, but we're all different. And they do do a thing where Denver's like, I wasn't going to talk to another white woman. And then I, I really to liked Zellweger. that stuff that he was like, I was done talking to white people. I was like, I understand that. I'm good for you. Like you shouldn't anymore. And it was bothering me like after these dramatic heavy scenes where uh denver's explaining his past which is like the civil rights era and and getting beaten up by all these white guys just horrible horrible stuff happening then it cuts to greg kinnear like walking through the woods and he's like you know i just don't understand god and they say he works in mysterious ways and it's like that's what greg kinnear is getting from this horrible life that this guy has led it's so privileged it's yeah. like I, yeah. I sh- uh, it was driving I know nuts. what you mean yeah <laughs> but, but you have to imagine that from the real Martin's perspective or whatever yeah. that is what he got from it yeah. and it is and it probably was profound to him to be like this guy who I you know as cliche as it is that I was like trying to save was was teaching me that I am an ass you know yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing is yeah you know real but it's so hard it's so hard is his name ron i'm just calling him martin yeah (laughs) martin lawrence has an important but small camera um yeah and yeah i just don't know if there's a great way to portray that without it coming along as like it's just like don't tell the movie to me from greg kinnear's perspective he's the least interesting person in this story (laughs) and as i was saying before he's just this like pretty okay guy who because he was surrounded by amazing people was elevated because he had no other choice he was like well i guess i'm good <laughs> yeah, now because good look it. At yeah. these, they're pulling me up with them yeah so uh, and there's some white savior stuff like there's a, a lot. lot of there's a lot of blindside complex yeah. in this movie where it's like these wealthy people stuff played for comedy like that denver doesn't can't remember that oh, he has to right. flush a toilet yeah was like a button to a scene i was like come on man yeah. Yeah. That, like making it's jokes hilarious. about like tennis and how Not weird knowing what it tennis yeah, is yeah. Yeah. or there was like that, comedy yeah. stuff when he was running away from the kkk people and the music was like 
light. Yeah, so there's like tonal things here that's like interesting. Some problems. But then again, it's mixed in with this stuff of like he does confess to them, confession. He confesses to them, I killed someone in prison. Yeah. Yeah. And her response is, well, I'm glad we're friends and I'm going to go wake up my kids. You're not a bad man. You have the strongest heart. And I'm glad we're friends. I am going to wake up some teenagers. This was not as bad of a movie as I was. I was expecting a not good movie. And the whole no, movie, I was like, this is not that bad. And I cried at one point during Which it. part? <laughs> when all of the people from the shelter come up with the flowers at her oh, funeral and put sweet. them down. I was yeah. like, felt my face and there were tears that running down it. Yeah. yeah. I think the maybe... <laughs> <laughs> the, the truth of this whole story is like there's this one amazing woman and this homeless man who who opened himself up amazing. to a, a relationship yep. and, and was amazing in his own right and then one white art dealer who's just kind of watching it all happen yeah. and then profited the most we off of it like, about, I'm write a book about this yeah well, you know what would have been interesting and what i thought they were gonna do was that all of the art he had ever dealt was fake and he was, he had like amassed wealth and it was like all phony and he that was worried about cool. being fine but I think it was just the painting he gave his wife that he clearly does not appreciate at yeah, all yeah 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 no it, that was a cool part and, it should have been all of it you know yeah. uh, I'll parallel this a little bit with the last movie we did Miracles from Heaven where there's a little girl she has all these autoimmune diseases she falls through a tree and then she's healed of all of them mm-hmm. uh, and it's about like God's real because look at this miracle blah blah mm. blah and this is an interesting opposite end of the spectrum of like arguably the like most moral person of integrity of this movie dies for no reason it's not a cause and effect thing and this woman actually died in real life and it so you and there's like there's scenes where they wrestle with that and and denver's talking about like you know i prayed to god and and i don't really have this figured out like there wasn't a lot of like a uh, solid theology points they were making in the movie but there was just a more accepting of like yeah life is chaotic and this sucks and this is so sad and this isn't fair so that was like a nice Mm. counterbalance to like god is real because she lived and she beat the cancer yeah i i do remember a theology that they offered up for why she dies you'll remember this do i have the clip yeah for um when denver tells ron she's doing really important work and and oh i got cares about yeah yeah. The work Miss Debbie's doing is very important. She's becoming precious to God. The movie? When you're as precious to God, you're as important to Satan. And again, Greg Kinnear's acting in this movie is just like... Okay, well, man. <laughs> yeah, his yeah face he just stares hilarious. him with his lips stuck out for a while and is like, uh, and you he say some crazy yeah. shit. I kept sending Caroline reaction shots from the <laughs> Greg movie. Kinnear, I think Greg Kinnear is a good actor in this movie, though. Yeah. I think he's weird, but I liked him. He's um, a better actor. Is he, yeah. is he still a snack? Yeah or nay? No. No? Bite size. I have to disagree. A what about bite a snack? Size. Okay. Um, but, oh, I, bite but I think that might be sort of their offering of like why things go south for her. Right. Is Satan killed her? 
like like misfortune (laughs) falls upon those who are doing God's work because Satan feels threatened by people who are like powerful in God's eyes or whatever. And I'm not saying that's exactly what the movie said, but that was the most theology that was like mentioned in the movie, I think. I weirdly did not see the cancer stuff coming. I was watching this movie as a very, just very, just... (laughs) Sitting all the way back in my couch, just nice. letting it wash over me. I wasn't doing any investigating, like, what's going to happen next? So the cancer thing happened. I was like, was oh, like, no. Oh, <laughs> because I did watch a chat, like, nothing this did I. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, I, oh, my God. That's that terrible. Man, cancer is not good. What is she going to do? <laughs> Whoa, Denver looks good in a suit. Also, speaking do? of the cancer, did you notice that they s- started having her wear, like, head wraps after she got cancer? But, like, she never lost any She's still hair. In hair yeah. All of her hair was still there, but after she got the cancer, she started dressing like she a cancer, cancer patient, like looser clothes and just like one like very wide headband around her head. Wow. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, they also managed before she died to sneak in a scene. I know you have this clip. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about this. So she's gathered with the kids, mute son and the girl that can talk. <laughs> and she they're going through old pictures and and this is her this is her last scene in the movie before she dies in the movie and then uh there's that lovely scene you talked about where all the people from the shelter show up at her funeral and uh Denver gives that speech but this is one of the last things and keep in mind listener when you hear this scene that the scene the screenplay is co-written by Ron Hall who is her former husband uh I know <laughs> remember that this he co-wrote this scene I love this he did this so here's what the wife in the movie says your daddy is a wonderful father and husband and I want you to know that I am freeing him up to date or marry whoever he chooses and I want you to honor his decisions and let him be happy (laughs) um let your Let father fuck. Let him go to Let Daddy Let him fuck. experiment. Let him try dudes, women, everyone in so between. Funny. Let him get as much strange as he needs to. The grieving process, it might seem a little scattershot. It looks different for He may everyone. just be throwing that all over town, but you have to honor that. And don't make him and feel bad. She tells him... In the same scene, she makes the kids go away. She's like, find something to do. Uh, and then Greg Kinnear comes in and she's like, it can, and it can be her saying it can be the woman that you cheated. Yeah, that's with. right. Your mistress oh that God. we fought she's, over. She's giving him everything. Again, this woman is f- beyond without martyr. There is nothing that Angel. happens with Renee yeah. Zellweger in this movie that's like, mm, she shouldn't have done that. That was she a bad decision. She calls the mistress at the beginning yeah. of the movie and is like, huh. hey, it's me. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Uh, just please don't call him anymore. Could, oh, could you not cheat with my husband anymore? <laughs> well, then, like, again, which speaks to gentle the, soul. the yeah. fact that Ron co-wrote this movie. Yeah. So he's not going to be like, and then let's put in this scene where she's a total bitch. Yeah, like, and she like pulls he, wedgies all the time. He probably wanted to be very respectful <laughs> yeah. of this woman that meant a lot to him. But gracious, what an insane thing to put in a... Yeah. And anytime his kids can be like, I don't know, because he did remarry. I sent the wedding mm. photo shoot to Caroline. Oh, I'd love to see that. He married a mm-hmm. woman that uh, 
How would you describe her, Caroline? Oh, she's very beautiful. She's, she's very beautiful. How, how, what age range oh, would no. she say she... Uh, let's just say she grew up loving Britney. <laughs> <laughs> and he yes. grew up loving Grand Art. Funk Railroad. Bing Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I don't know. There, I don't want to cast aspersions on anyone's relationship. But it with all it packaged together, it's just a little interesting. Well, yeah. what I didn't send you, there's this article about how he made everyone at the reception watch that scene from the movie over and over again. <laughs> it's, it's See? And he kept screaming, See? Say and she no said, one was laughing. She said, "Everyone's like, Dad, that's it. the movie. You made that actress say those lines." <laughs> no, the thing that struck me more about that scene than that, which I didn't think about that that guy wrote that was a true story, but that every movie that's about someone having cancer, they always pass gracefully. Like I'm thinking of like a Walk to Remember, Mandy Moore, just yeah. like it's fine, I'll be fine. Like or she every dies in that scene. Movie? Have you not seen a watch? No. Remember? No, it's fine. Ooh, I, that, that, I mean, that's like Christian. You should watch it. You should, should have watch it that be one. on the we'll watch it. That's thing. on the list. Anyways, um, but yeah, they just they kind of always, pass away quietly. They're yes. not angry. They're yeah. not confused. It, it really not, is yeah. setting up a lot for anyone who watches these movies, which I imagine Christians really like love these pure flicks movies because it's like well you can't be angry you can't be in pain you can't look very bad like there, yeah. there's all of these rules that they set up with how peacefully and gracefully all well, these people go when they have cancer yeah sorry it's kind of like a marker of how good your faith is on some level mm. too of like if you really trust that everything is in god will like you can't be yeah. upset if something bad happens to you like you yeah. knew this could happen That's and so amazing. why do you think you're special and right. so you have to like passes gently i'm sure there's plenty of people that would have a counterpoint but yeah but i think you're right that like <laughs> these yeah. people you never see her really like gaunt or anything like she doesn't her illness doesn't she doesn't show lose her hair in it at all Which yeah makes she you wonder did she even try to beat this cancer well, because yeah. friends this is a movie about one man's courage to write a book that's so true <laughs> It's not about is how a woman set up. Yeah, and struggle honestly, with cancer. It's probably painful oh. for their family to have to, to if they did have to like watch that whole. Then don't make a movie yeah. out of it. I know. Sorry. I mean, you have to give him credit. <laughs> he could have cut out the adultery completely from the movie That's and had true. it not be a plot point at and all. And just be like, we've drifted. But he was honest about yeah. it. Yeah. And for that, movie. Ron Hall is a hey, hero. He is probably the best. My dad. He's probably the best person in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's so complex. It's so. We haven't even talked Layers. about his dad, who's racist as hell. Oh and yeah, drunk. I don't even care about. I loved that his stuff. intro. I was so sad that he was racist because his intro to the movie is that he's drinking. He's like drunk <laughs> on a riding yeah, lawnmower and like doing so figure funny. eights through the yard on a lawnmower and like a hooting and hollering. I thought that was so funny and great. I was like, I love this guy. The lawnmower is a real motif in the movie because <laughs> yeah, the final sh- the it. final shot of him is just him he's going. So far. Far. Did it make you laugh? <laughs> I was laughing up. so. Because you really hard. like, how far is he gonna go? He's he just smaller, <laughs> rides off into the sunset on his Incredible, and yeah, and and again, Denver acts as someone who's a reconciler because he tells Ron to make up with his father, and Which there's is a good man inside of him. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, it was like I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think there is a good man. Inside. Yeah, obviously, like a better version of this movie would be a more counterbalanced perspective, or I don't know. It's so tricky when it is based on a true story because you just keep asking like, yeah. what's true and what's not, and then what's storytelling integrity, and then what's like real life integrity, and what do you leave out and excise? Which is why I don't love based on true events movies, which is right. a lot of Christian movies. Yeah, you know, another good example of, them. of Greg Kinnear being a shithead is like Denver explains 
that he like never had a dad or that his dad died or mm-hmm. horrible yeah. dad story. I can't remember what it is now. And then Denver's like, what about your dad to Greg Kinnear? And Greg Kinnear's like, it doesn't matter. Don't ask about him. And it's like, that is so disrespectful to Denver to be yeah. like, I have a dad and I don't really like him. So He's we're like, not going to talk about him. It's <laughs> yeah. like, and then you make Denver tell you that your dad is worth talking to and reconciling with. Everything was done for Greg Kinnear in this movie. Yeah. And he did nothing to earn it, if you're asking me. He like went really good begrudgingly point. to the shelter a he few did. times and, yeah. then, and took a guy out for dinner. All at the behest of his wife, really. Yeah, yeah. We had a his running joke where wife. he kept taking out Denver so he could <laughs> get some action, get out. some because she was so turned on yeah. by his charity. I <laughs> bet that was a part of it. It made her horny. It's yeah, the number one act. Which is yeah, yeah. which very is how cool, we want to remember. Interesting. Her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sex crazy. Good woman. grief. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna play uh, not the whole thing, but part of. Denver's speech at the funeral. She was different. She sent me behind them bars and reached way down in her pocket and pulled out a key God gave her to set me free. She's the only person to love me enough not to give up. Now I stand here it changed me. It freed me. I just spent a lot of time worrying. I was different from other people, even all the homeless folk. And then after I met Miss Debbie and Mr. Ron, I worried I was so different from them. We gotta wait till he says we're it. we're never gonna have no kind of future. He's gonna say it. Don't make him say it. But what I found out was... Was what? Everybody's different. Hell yeah. Same, Same kind of different as me! <laughs> we all regular folks walking Here comes down. same kind of different as me. <laughs> okay, and then uh, the speech goes on like two more minutes, and they do give him a standing ovation at the yeah, funeral. Yeah, <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah, you know oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, standing ovation. It's a funeral. Felt in poor taste. Standing yeah. ovation. But it was a beautiful speech. I, a I was speech. getting a little emotional when he was saying... Um, that we're all homeless in a way we're all homeless, homeless. on our way to home yeah. yeah and welcome home uh chewy we're home Debbie, he said at one was. point yeah. i'm getting chills right now yeah it's good yeah, i mean yeah nice. there's like beautiful, not a horrible movie not a horrible movie there's beautiful things mixed up in it's absolutely complicated racial yeah politics yeah. and and it's easy to just like cast aside like no it's all shitty but like yeah there's some good there's something beautiful about you telling someone i killed someone and they say i don't care yeah that's a beautiful cool. thing right mm-hmm, and then i accept you yeah another yeah. example of renee zellweger taking the lead and saying it's okay and then greg, and greg Kinnear Kinnear just like, after we being can't like, have this guy in here. <laughs> it's fire yeah it's cool. <laughs> just taking her lead yes. every time yes she was always had to make the decisions that yeah she was the leader yeah, and it felt like, I don't know, like uh, there was a lot of core, I don't know what all of our experiences with like working with homelessness or charity stuff or, or doing any of that. But some of, the, some of the salient points about like, it's not about food. You can get food anywhere. You can get money, like just, yep. just like that that means I see you, that that means you're a person, you have dignity, mm. 
Mm-hmm. You have worth. Yeah. Yeah. And valuing those things. Like that was a nice thing that they understood. Absolutely. Still uh, not enough to to give this guy an actual yeah, home. Right. Oh, no. Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, ostensibly he has a home now. <laughs> so wild. Before Renee Zellweger dies, she says, don't let Denver fall away. And he says, I promise or whatever. Mm-hmm. As soon as she dies, he screws off and yeah. starts writing his book and then he's like oh yeah oh my god Denver. <laughs> shoot <laughs> and then runs into the woods and Denver's still there still homeless sitting by a fire in a trash can and he's like oh you, and Denver's you forgot like about I knew me. you would do this yeah yeah it's oh like, yeah the really? catch and release thing uh-huh. yeah again like an interesting point it. of yeah, like yeah he brought up like you white people like to adopt me for a little while not. and then yeah. you drop me mm-hmm. it if you are that rich you can Help this guy get a job. Uh, help him get into affordable housing. Like anything. Your project. Anything. Yeah, or not projects, not the right. But he's like your person that you are trying to take the lead with and build a relationship with. Yeah. yeah. He goes to Christmas with them, for God's sake. He and does. He does. There comes like, Christmas for Denver. Drop him off in the Escalade uh, behind the building on his little <laughs> That's right. couch with the springs popping out of it. These people are oh, monsters. Oh, goodness. <laughs> no, horrible it's just Kinnear. Kinnear's <laughs> the monster. Kinnear's the monster. No. Uh, the re- Zellweger's great. Zellweger should have left him for Denver. <gasps> I did. There was that one tiny beat where I was like, they danced oh, together. when they danced. Oh, yeah. Baby. Oh, yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. what's all this? Yeah. Oh, Are yeah. going to get together? Yeah. Anyway. They should have left him in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Hopefully, anyway. there's some like positive core things we can take away from it, like the value and dignity of all people. Yes. Not just people in your same economic status, the ability to see people for Everyone's their inherent worth and value. Everyone's got a story. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a story that's worth hearing. Uh, so let's let's uh, give it our final judgments. The way this works, Katie, is we mm. give it thumbs up or thumbs down. Holy toast or holy roast? Holy toast. We send Denver... And Renee Zellweger, but maybe not Greg Kinnear to heaven. <laughs> or Holy Roast, we send them to hell where Satan is scheming with his cancer all 24 oh, 7. I hope not. I hope not too. Uh, Caroline, we start with you. For the sake of, you know, balance, I we talked about some of the positive of this movie. I think it's a bad movie at the end of the day. I'd give it a roast. Um, I hope it sails off with John Voight with his lawnmower <laughs> into the distance. Um, it just seems like an unnecessary movie, maybe. And just there's so many movies like this, and this wasn't anything much more special except maybe it was based on a true story um but i think denver deserved better i think debbie deserved better uh hashtag justice for denver justice for denver uh denver's probably just doing great he doesn't need us um (laughs) but yeah i give it a roast sorry yeah Yeah. your turn i'm I'm with i'm with you Uh i have to give it a roast as well for the reasons that you just said the whole white savior stuff like there are some nice little nuggets of wisdom little lessons that can come out of this. But at the end of the day, it's a movie about Greg Kinnear just like, oh, I'm learning stuff. This is amazing. Pushing him down the slide of having a heart. I white man. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, for that reason, I also don't think it's a necessary movie. I think a a much more compelling movie would be truly told from Denver's side of the story. Mm -hmm. And so I'm roasting it, I guess. Yes. I'll make it a unanimous roast. The Green Book of 2017, <laughs> same kind of different as Could have me. been Paramount's big uh, blockbuster. So listeners, <laughs> you can give the movie a holy roast or toast or a space between. So go to at Christian Fun Pod, give it a vote in. Pokemon, go to the polls. 68 episodes in. 
That was sick. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Never get Remember her? Oh, no, yeah. Remember her? All right, friends. It's time for the hunt for the worst Pisses Christians. Pee. Play that song instead. <laughs> it's time for the... Oh, yeah. Make sure to blow it right when the... <laughs> We got a big one. Oh, gosh. It's time for the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time. The worst... <laughs> We haven't done the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time in a while on this show. Since like episode 55 or something. It's been a long time. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. So we're pitting, you know, and again, it's malleable. If we decide these are the best songs of all time, we can vote that way. It's really, (laughs) really arbitrary at this point. Uh, But the first nominee, the first nominee for the worst song of all time is a song called Measure of a Man. Okay. Measure of a Man by For Him, the number four, H-I-M. Okay, I like that. Imagine four dads at a barbecue, just talking, (laughs) having fellowship. High five and grill tongues. Ooh, the voice. They can IQ you and run you through their rigorous details. They can do their best to rate you and they'll place you on the charts and then back it up with scientific smarts. <laughs> but there's more to watch over what their human eyes can see. God made you in his image when he formed you in his hands. And he looks at you with mercy and he sees you through his love. You're his child and that will always be in love. Be <laughs> For this more to watch over than you could ever comprehend. <laughs> I will. <laughs> so much more, more than ever meets the eye. God looks through the surface, and he didn't find your worth by what is on the inside. Oh. <laughs> yes. That organ. <laughs> all right, kings. All right, kings. Go off. Measure of a man by four hands. 
nominee number one, came out in 1997. Oh, wow. It's a vocal group, gentlemen, four gentlemen, four male gentlemen. You know, I like the uh, message of that song, which is do don't try to be good at anything because God <laughs> loves you. Hey, that and that is something that, you know, sometimes we don't, don't try get. to be smart. Yeah. It's okay. Don't try to get fit. No. Don't try to be hot. That's for sure. Give up. Uh, It's fine. um, You know, I thought I was going to hate the message of this song, but I like it. Yeah. It's very kind. It's not bad. Yeah. It's just like, hey, you don't need to be a, you know, perfect man or whatever. You don't have these standards put upon you. Yeah. And I like that they measure intelligence twice. Yep. And well, you're because well. They don't have it. And <laughs> I think this is a big one for men that we don't talk about enough is like the standard that you have to be tall. I think that's a difficult <laughs> yeah, one. Honestly, yeah. like that's tough for a lot of nothing people. Nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can yeah. do about and it. Shout out to all the short kings out there. Short listening kings, to the short you're kings, good. We love you. Yes. Um, and I, I like that one. I like that they mentioned that. Yes. It's and a then, catchy song, too. And then talked about, yeah, how you don't need to be uh, chasing physical perfection. I'd like to imagine that whoever is the chief songwriter in this group amongst the four men got in a fight with his wife (laughs) and and she was accusing him of all this stuff. And then this is like his (laughs) revenge song. You don't work out. You're ugly. (laughs) You're dumb. (laughs) And he he doesn't attack. It doesn't matter. He's he's like, you know what? God likes me the way I am, Sandra, even (laughs) if you don't. Why do you think the wife is a nag in this uh, situation? No, I just say all. No, I. Hey, what's up? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm a misogynist. Yeah. Got myself in a little hot water here. I loved hearing a backing vocal go, physical perfection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. right. This is cool. Okay, so that's first song. Next song. <laughs> the next song is a song called Home Free by a gentleman named Wayne Watson. Where do you find these corny ass songs? Is this not the same tune as the last? <laughs> I feel like I'm hearing the yeah. same. Yeah. I don't know. I found a mirror of a man. <laughs> there you go. Mash up. <laughs> <laughs> the hottest mashup to hit the club. It's going to go viral, baby. <laughs> All right, let's listen. I'm trying hard not to think you unkind. The heavenly father. Know my heart, surely you can read my mind. Good people underneath the sea of grief. Some get up and walk away, some will find ultimate relief. Home free, eventually, at the ultimate healing, we will be home. the ultimate healing. Out in the corridors we pray for life A mother for a baby A husband for his wife My wife <laughs> Oh, sometimes the good die young It's sad but true And while we pray for one more heartbeat The real comfort is Pain has little mercy, and suffering's no respecter of 
Dead children voices. <laughs> They're all floating above you <laughs> while you sleep. <laughs> so comforting. <laughs> oh gosh. Caroline's miming some things I shan't. <laughs> Alright, let's home free. Home free by Wayne Watson. Home free. Eventually, we all die. You'll <laughs> be home free too, right? <laughs> Come on, join us. Come be home free with all your friends. <laughs> oh, that was a stinker, if you're asking me. Your mommy? That was creepy. Your daddy like won't yeah, be here. I didn't rock as much as the first one. I know, the first one really rocked. <laughs> yeah, I did. Really, the first one really broke my shit up, and this one <laughs> put it back together. <laughs> and I'm not looking for that. Uh-uh. Oh boy, home free. <laughs> this really hammers home the idea of ultimate relief. Yeah, the theme of this <laughs> is, uh, yeah, when lyrics. you go to heaven and you're dead, you don't feel things anymore. No Ooh. more pain, no Especially more sorrow. Some will find ultimate relief. Yeah. Mm. Not my will, but yours be done. Um, be done. This line. Sometimes the good die young. It's sad but true. And while we pray for one more heartbeat, the real comfort is with you. I'd say the real comfort is if uh, <laughs> you get to stay alive. All my loved ones are still alive with, with me. me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you can half-ass pray for healing, but uh, we all know that heaven's the real game. All right, friends, what's the worst song of all time? I think Home Free. Home Free, for sure. <laughs> yeah. The first one had a uh, had a fun beat to it. Yeah, there was it had some, some rhythm. There was some movement. A fun beat yeah. and a rejection a of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think right. so. Yeah. And, and a, re- yeah. a rejection of the society's beauty standards, which uh-huh. I also appreciate <laughs> for uh-huh. men. A message that y- you don't have to work that hard in Is life. Is for and it's him be good. woke? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. I'm going to have to hear some, think some so. more for him. Yeah. I think, uh, are for they a sponsor? Him. <laughs> <laughs> for, for him. For him. Oh, boy. I think they nice. were at one point. <laughs> Caroline, I'm I'm surprised and maybe a little impressed that we got all the way through it without you making a lewd joke. Uh, of measure wait, there's still of time. a man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 oh, no. measure of a man. No, okay. We've okay, so I've measured oh, my man and his hog's huge. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. That's pretty good, I know. Oh dude, it's like Rick and Morty is ever looking for anybody. I've got some Absolutely, <laughs> dude. Don't need any huge <laughs> hog <laughs> jokes. <laughs> you, I, know I, you guys, I know you guys jokes. probably don't have a lot <laughs> flying around the room. No. Oh, uh, boy. Okay. I'm going to agree. Home free is the worst. Yeah. Of it too. This was a good selection, though. Thank you. What was the theme you were going for? Just like. Oh, no theme. This was a real mishmash. I like it. I know. At I first. A little disappointed, I have to say, that I didn't get to hear any Carman. Oh, because you round. heard it because you were part of the writer's room that Jeff Lavinus played Carman. He for. played Carman, which is, he keeps saying it's pronounced Carbon. But from what I saw, it's spelled Carman. Carman. 
I so think it's pronounced Carman to... too. Okay, I'm not oh, a well, car Oh, Jeff man. was like, I I'm feel like car he was specific man. about like it's Jeff like, is it's like Carmen. tarting up his name a little bit. It's not he's not like the Italian pronunciation. But we heard it's some pretty good songs. I mean, there's yeah, there's I a think lot of Jeff's great Christian put music some out there. Respect on his name. Yeah, I think there is. There's there's so much more. Like we've never played. I'll songs listen from... to Carman on my own time. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think you were the, the first person that doesn't have like a nostalgic connection to like this Protestant CCM stuff that was begging for some Carmen in her ears <laughs> on the podcast. Please, please, what a unique position. I mean, we can we can go out with the President Trump blues if you really want please it. Don't. Oh, I know that. I've, I've heard that makes before. Me so sad. Yeah. No, you don't have to. I've heard it. So oh, I'm boy. familiar. Old. Okay, I'm cool. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? Let's uh we've been having some laughs. We've been having some giggles, but I think yeah. now it's time to get a little serious and you know, it's no one loves joking more than I do. No one loves <laughs> kidding around and having fun with their friends, but there's a time for fun and then there's the time for the one. And I'm pointing towards heaven right now. That's the one Lord Jesus Christ. Dang. Katie on this show, we don't plug ourselves or our projects or what we're enjoying so in secular culture. We lift them up <laughs> to the Lord. We lift all those things up as a loving and humble sacrifice to him. That's amazing. In his name. Amen. And Father Mahoney Baloney's name. What was his name? <laughs> Mahoney. 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 Yeah. Okay. Because you did say Maloney at one point, And I was like, you is did. it Maloney? It Maloney, really doesn't Mahoney, matter. So I didn't Mashaki. feel I needed to con- correct. <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> all right, Carolyn. We love that. We, we turn it to you. Drinky. Katie, I really enjoyed hanging out with you. You're really hey, cool. Man, you too. You're what great. Let's hang out not off the microphone. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, you can lift me up to the one, the big one at Caroline's Farts on Twitter and Instagram. And I would like to lift up Spider-Verse. That movie was so good. It was like one of the best movies I saw last year. It was so fun. It was so funny and like delightfully visual in a way I had not, I've never seen before. It was fabulous. I cried. I agree. I legit I loved cried. It. Oh, what a little bitch. Hey! <laughs> Quiet! Give me a break, guys! Grow up. Hey, the measure of a man is not how much I cry in Spider-Man. Oh, it is the song. Uh, sure. Wait, yeah. there's a secret verse? Alleged to cry in Spider-Man! I kids movies. <laughs> You're a cook. Um, I'd also like to lift up something, uh, an article I read, uh, if you want to get a good read in. Uh, it's 404 Page Not Found by Kate Wagner. But she writes about uh, aesthetics and culture a lot. And in this article in particular, she talked about uh, the evolution of the Internet and how it used to be a lot of like (laughs) build it yourself homepages and things like that. And how the Internet is kind of like subsumed and consumed itself and everything is on like pre-built platforms and how that's changed and the nostalgia we have for it. And she writes so well. And this is just really well written. And I think a lot of us that grew up in this generation will enjoy and appreciate what she wrote. Great lift ups. Good right. lift-ups. We turn it to Katie. So I stole my mom's cable login, and I've been watching some TLC shows and some uh, Wii shows. Probably oh. the most interesting of which is Love After Lockup, which Ooh. is about people who meet people in prison and enter relationships while the person's still in prison, and uh-huh. then it follows them like getting out and like how the relationship progresses after they sometimes they've never even met sometimes it's just you know visitation stuff um it's 
you know, borders on, I don't want to say trashy. You know, everyone has worth. What is the measure of a man? But, it's, you know, it's, it does have that sort of like and reality TV fun. I hope that TV song fun. plays in your head next time you watch. <laughs> yes. No, that sounds, there, yeah. It's really cool. And uh, yeah, so I've been watching a lot of that. A lot of, I also, you know, it is January, early January. And every time that I'm trying to better my life in some way, I tend to watch TV that shows me like the extreme of like, a problem that I feel I'm having so if I'm like if my house is messy I'll watch hoarders if I'm like trying to lose weight I'll watch my 600 pound light just so that I can yeah. like see all of the like here's how bad the problem can get and like Katie you're fine your problem isn't that bad because you're not 600 pounds like yeah. <laughs> it's, which is me definitely just exploiting these poor people like, in their lives just <laughs> in my own life but it I find it helpful to I think watch that's that a great stuff. practice to be like yeah. I don't need to be the perfect version of me yeah. like I'm pretty look fine how, look how hard look these, these people losers. are working on the yeah. spectrum oh, yeah. of things <laughs> or that. no it is okay. it, de- it definitely is the look at these losers and I'm trying to like make it sound better just to you and the, and the listeners now but where can people lift you up online hey listen lift me up <laughs> am I using it correctly yeah. lift me up online <laughs> at twitter username Katie Delaney Instagram, same. I keep it simple. Search the old tweets. At Katie Delaney. (laughs) That's C-A-I-T-I-E. Delaney. D-E-L-A-N-E. And you can check out, you know, Rick and Morty. I don't know if a lot of people have heard. Should I just explain what Rick and Morty is? Oh, they get it. Our our (laughs) audience is Just kidding. No, no, no. It's Uh, it's two best friends going on adventures. (laughs) So you can check out my episode of Rick and Morty in uh, about 10 months, probably. (laughs) Two years. Congrats. That's cool. It is cool. It, it will be cool in the indeterminate future. Hell yeah. So so That's long. what I got to lift up. And, uh, you know, hire me on your television shows. Yeah, all the showrunners listening. Hire Katie. All of the showrunners listening. I'm I'm out. I'm looking. What Let's a great hire and great hang. She's down to clown on yeah. your show. She'll yeah. do punch up. She'll do award stuff. I'll do punch down even better. Whoa. <laughs> Too funny. I'll make it worse. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> Oh boy, well you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter uh, If you want to, you can listen to the other podcast Maisel Goys with Alice Wireland Who's been on the show before Yay! So that's relevant Season 2, right? Season 2, S2 you guys talking about? We got, yeah uh, We're making more jokes about Amy Sherman Palladino's hats And that's fun She was not wearing one at the globes. It was insane I felt like I saw my mom Wouldn't be able to recognize her Yeah, it was crazy <laughs> Yeah uh, Do you think it's a height thing? Like she wants mm. to look bigger than she is. No, I think she's just the Baba Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Paladino. Go uh, listen to Maisel Goys. And you can, you All know, Goys out there. <laughs> uh, I will lift up a show everyone slept on, so it got canceled. R.I.P. But great news mm. is a wonderful sitcom. I watched on a plane, and I was crying on my flight. Not because I'm a little bitch, but because it was really funny. Because <laughs> Andrea Martin is perfect. John Michael Higgins is great. Everyone slept on it. It was this great yeah. little sitcom. This is a recent My show? best friend yeah. worked on that show. Great stuff. Yeah, it was like a Tina Fey joint, basically. It was like their is house that style. Nicole Richie? Yeah. Oh. Nicole Richie's good in it. She's funny. That show's great. Everyone should watch it. It's been cracking my ass word up. It's on the Netflix. It's Got on, it. Got it. <laughs> which I have a new tagline for Netflix. You want to hear it? For 2019. Fine. Netflix, <laughs> weird flicks, but okay. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> I, I actually guess. really like that. <laughs> You're looking at us like you want more, but like yeah. I'm telling you, that's actually really, really great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, chime in. Was that good? 
Come on. Was it kind of fine? All right. You can lift <laughs> this up at Christian yeah, Fun Pod. Cool. You played Pisses P for me. You get a pass for like Yeah, months. I do so much to you make you such laugh. such an amazing thing I for bring me. over this equipment. <laughs> I set it up for you. Oh, you always told me that was no problem. I knew you were building a grudge. <laughs> Not Damn a it. grudge, but just a... Uh, Leverage, I would say. <laughs> uh, you can follow us at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash goodchristianfun. This week we're talking to the founder of Hashtag Church 2. It's a really interesting discussion. I think our listeners would enjoy checking out. So subscribe to us there. Subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes. We'll donate a dollar to charity for every review you leave. This month's charity is St. Jude's Hospital. Hey, St. Jude's, as Paul McCartney once said. Uh, Katie, thanks so much. <laughs> I should tell them that's a new tagline, too, that they can try. I've been you, pitching. You're made a tagline. So yeah. I, keep, I keep pitching these taglines to the, these respective organizations yeah. by shouting them at the buildings. No yeah. one's responded. I, yeah. um, Weird. I tweeted a tagline pitch at Warby Parker, I don't know, about a year ago, and they did respond. They didn't use it, but it was, hey, um, Warby Parker... Call me by your frames. That's wonderful. That's good. Hey, that's uh, really good. Hey. Call me by your frames is wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Katie, thanks so much for joining Thank us. You on Thank you so Katie. It was great. It was so fun. And there's nothing left to say except for, and all of Pond's people said, Amen. All right. Well, Physical we. Perfection. We, we, we wouldn't <laughs> usually do this, but uh, this was. This was a Katie Delaney request. So we're going out on the President (laughs) Trump Blues by Carmen. He put this on Spotify. I love Donald Trump. (laughs) Oh, what a note to end on. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Let Katie know how you feel about her. (laughs) Bye, Katie. You're canceled. Bye. I love being canceled. All right. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Oh, hey, y'all, it's me, Amy Grant. Okay, same kind of different as me. I thought that was pretty fair. They didn't, you know, I think they try not to go too negative on this stuff because some of this low-hanging fruit, especially Pure Flix stuff, I think they did a, a pretty amazing job. Just speaking as a third party, I thought the bounce between humor but then substance was unparalleled. You know, that's just Amy's opinion. That's just me, all right? Uh, But next week on GCF, uh, Kevin and Caroline for their 69th episode. And, and, you know, I'm not above it. I think that's nice, too. Next week on GCF, Kevin and Caroline are going to be watching one of the maybe the most famous intersections of Christianity and silliness. They're watching that Monty Python movie, Life of Brian. Life of Brian, uh, which I believe you can check out on Netflix. It's streaming. You don't have to pay for it. You can watch it on the streaming. So, yeah, next week on GCF, episode 69, Life of Brian, Amy, Moan Grant, over now. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>